It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. After a 13-day layoff due to inclement weather in Texas and COVID-19 protocols that saw the AHL postpone five straight games for the Barracuda, the team finally returned to the ice on Saturday to take on the Ontario Reign for the first of back-to-back games. During nearly the two-week break, the Barracuda's roster saw complete flux. The team assigned five players to the ECHL, two players back to their junior teams, and received forward Maxim Latunov and goaltender Yosef Kozhanash back from the Sharks' taxi squad earlier this week. The team also finally got its first look at defenseman Christian Yarosh, who was acquired from the Ottawa Senators on January 27th, but couldn't join the team due to visa and COVID-19 protocols. Entering the game on Saturday, Yarosh's goal was to keep the game simple. Not a bad plan for a player who had not played in real game action for nearly a complete full calendar year. You know, I f- first of all, I will just try to play the simple. I haven't played in, a, in, a, in one year, so of course I want to play simple and get, uh, get my routes going and uh, get to know the system a little bit. Uh, so it's... Uh, just, just keep it, keep it simple. Play simple game, and everything come, come back to me, and will feel, feel more confident and more, more comfortable on ice after a, I, I, I have a good, good game. Let's say. Before the Barracuda's game on Saturday, the reassignment of forward Curtis Gabriel, and then on Sunday, the Sharks reassigned defenseman Jacob Middleton and forward Stefan Nason. Saturday's contest marked the first game for the Barracuda in San Jose since March 7th of 2020. That was 357 days ago. It was also the first regular season game for the Barracuda in which they played at Solar 4 America Ice since March 1st of 2017. That was 1,459 days ago. After the long layoff, the team struggled to get out of the gates on Saturday, and the rain pounced. Ontario would score three times in the first. Rookie Aiden Dudas opened up the scoring at 834. Gantz put one in on net, save his mate. Kojanas, the rebound was loose, and they score. Aiden Dudas. Less than two minutes later, the rain would strike again. Mikey Asimont would find pay dirt at 10-28. Yarosh, now a hard shot. Asimont, good save by Kojanas. Center back in front, where's the puck? They score. Just moments after the ensuing faceoff, Curtis Gabriel, who we mentioned was assigned to the Barracuda just earlier in the afternoon, would drop the mitts with Jacob Doty, and the two heavyweights would drop the mitts and begin throwing bombs. For the game, and now we're going to get a scrap. Gabriel's going to drop the mitts right in front of us here with Jacob Doty. Here we go. Gabriel, a tough guy, big body at 6'3". This is his game. And Gabriel with a couple left straight jabs. 
trying to size up Doty. Doty over the top. Unfortunately, Gabriel's attempt to spark his team was unsuccessful as the rain would light the lamp just 59 seconds later to take a 3-0 lead. Callie of right flank goes rink wide. He's got Byfield, dusts it off, centers in front, they score. It's Blaine Bryan who's able to tip home the Quentin Byfield pass, and it is 3-0. With under five minutes to go in the first, down 3-0, Jeff Fiel would go with Ontario's Cole Holtz. Our offsides, and now Holtz and Viel come together, and Viel has dropped the mitts in. He's throwing rights over the top on the youngster, Cole Holtz. And a hard shot there by Viel. Undercut by Viel. Holtz is trying to hang in there. Fiel, of course, the much more seasoned fighter. Down by three in the second period, the Barracuda would begin their comeback march. Gabriel from below the goal line would find Frederick Handermark, his center iceman, and the first-year AHLer would bang it home for his first of the year. Centered in front, they score! It's Handermark, he's got his first! In the American Hockey League on a great setup feed by Curtis. Following the game, Handemark said the turnaround for the team began with their forecheck, using their physicality and getting heavy on pucks. Yeah, we, we had a first tough first period there, uh, th three nothing. Uh, but I think right away in the second, we we just like uh, forechecking really good and like uh, got pretty heavy on them in offensive zone. So. We just kept it going there and, and tried to be heavy on pucks and tried to get pucks to net too. So uh, we scored four in the second, so that was a good turnaround. Hindmark said after the long break, the legs felt pretty heavy, as you could imagine. But the team continued to communicate on the bench, saying it'll come. It was uh, like two weeks uh, since we last played. We... Uh, like the legs felt felt a little bit uh, heavy in the first, but uh, we, we just said to each other that like, uh, like keep going. Yeah, it's it's gonna come. Uh, Try to keep it simple, and uh, yeah, uh, then we turn it around. And it would come as Joel Shellman cut the lead down to one at 15:32 with a beautiful shot as he worked his way down the right wing. Five as well as here comes Shellman down the right wing, shoots, he scores. Joel Shulman down the right wing side, an absolute snipe under the right arm of Villalta. Less than two minutes later, the Barracuda would draw even as Nick D. Simone's right point shot would get tipped in by Joachim Blickfeld at 17.02. Split in time with Cal Peterson last year. Once Peterson went up, though, there's a shot from the right point. They score! Nick D. Simone picks the top right corner and we're level at 3-3. Then Curtis Gabriel would give the Barracuda their first lead. He would also complete a Gordie Howe hat trick by lighting the lamp at 17:32. All the momentum in favor of the Barracuda at this point. We're tied at 3-3. Gabriel trying to go Michigan. Now he's going to tuck it in. He scores! Gabriel had all day behind the net. He started to try to get the puck on to his stick for what looked like he was going to go Svechnikov. In the third, the rain would make a goaltending change, replacing Matt Belalta with veteran J.F. Barube in the net. The third period was arguably San Jose's best, yet the lead remained at just one. At 18.03, Antti Suomelo would seal the victory with an empty netter to make it at the time 5-3. Klang's going to slowly walk the line. He's a left-handed shot to the right side for Kaliev. Rink wide. Byfield settles it down, returns it back to the point for Klang. For Kaliev, he tees it up. It's blocked by Yarosh. And here comes Suomelo down the left wing. His empty net bid. He scores. 
Monty Suomelo Bullseye and the Barracuda add on to their lead. It's a 5-3 advantage. It's the fifth unanswered goal. Frederick Handemark would score again at 18:39 with his second of the game. Handemark scored San Jose's first and sixth goals in the contest. Yosef Kozhnash made 33 saves to earn the victory in his season debut, stopping all 22 Ontario shots in the final 40 minutes of play. Roy Sommer spoke to the media following the game. Yeah, you know what? It was like you really couldn't get overly mad at him going into after the first period because you, you look at it in Texas, we had no practice. We came home. I think we have, we've had four days of practice, you know, two hours a day. But... You know, just no game. Like, we're, we're not in game shape right now, you could tell. And uh, it really showed in the first. But, you know, the guys battled back. And, uh, you know, it was, it was good to see. Uh, I thought our the line of Handemark, Bergman, and uh, Gabriel, I thought that line, you know, basically carried the game for us. You know, when we needed some momentum or a big hit or something, those guys came through. And... Uh, you know, what could I say that, you know, and, and Konar, you know, I, he didn't get a lot of help in the first and he made some bang, bang plays, saves, you know, especially the first 10 minutes of the second period to keep us in the game. Otherwise, it was four nothing. So, uh, you know, kudos to him and for the guys staying with it. Well, it was the same uh, as in the preseason. You know, we had a line. I think it was Galley was in the middle with uh, Bergman and uh, Gabriel and that line, you know, was really good in the preseason. And, you know, they brought him up and, you know, some guys have been moved around a little bit. But, uh, you know, we knew what we had. And those those two guys played really well together, Bergman and uh, and Gabriel. And then Handemark's a big, heavy centerman that, you know, is kind of always on the right side of the puck and everything. So, you know, that that, that made a big difference in the game. And, you know, but but again, you could see that, you know, we're just not game sharp yet. But, uh, you know, what a way to build it. Six straight goals, I'll take that. On Sunday, the two teams would run it back. And the momentum for the Barracuda picked up on Saturday was felt certainly in the early going in Sunday's matchup. Ontario would keep its same lineup intact from Saturday aside from giving Barube the start in net. The Barracuda would insert Jake Middleton, Stefan Mason, and Jake McGrew, rolling with 11 forwards and 7 defense. At 10.52 of the first, Brinson Pashnik would fire a shot from the point and Curtis Gabriel would tip it through Barube's five-hole to open up the scoring. Back up high, Pashnik tees it up, he shoots, he scores! Brinson Pashnik from the midpoint tees one up, and I think Gabriel may have deflected that puck. After a neutral zone breakdown, Ontario would tie the game in the second as 20-year-old rookie Samuel Fagamo would bury a two-on-one feed from Mikey Asimont for his team-leading fourth of the year at 5-10. Here comes Asimon, a two-on-one, far side, one-timer, they score! At 11-15, Sean Dursey would get called for a delay of game penalty as he cleared the puck up and over the glass in his own defensive zone. 32 seconds into the power play, Joachim Blickfeld would make it goals in three straight and points in five straight as he snapped a shot past Barube on the man advantage. Shot, wait, fire, scores! Blickfeld, a little cutback move, and he's able to beat Barube, I think got a, 
A little bit overzealous moving from his right to his left. Barube would keep his team in the game by making countless third period saves and in total 44 on the night. But Blickfeld would seal the win with an empty netter at 18-27, making it back-to-back -back wins for the Barracuda for the first time in 2021, improving their record to 3-2-1 on the year. This is what Blickfeld had to say following the game. I just think uh, when I shoot the puck uh, a lot every every game, it tends to go in. So I'm just trying to to get open from from my teammates, and and they seem to find me, and uh, it go, it's going in uh, so far. Well, obviously it's my my second year, and I get more confident each every game. So uh, I feel like uh, it's going good so far, and I just want to keep going. No, it's just to be win every battle and and moving my feet, uh, trying to show the guys that I I can do that, and. Uh, yeah, just uh, trying to do my best every game. Head coach Roy Sommer was obviously pleased with this team's performance. This was Sommer who spoke to the media after his club's 3-1 win. I thought it was the, the biggest thing was consistency. Um, you know, in all three zones, I thought we were real solid on our breakouts. And, you know, they kind of we kind of played it to a tee. We got did a lot of overs, changed sides, and got the puck up the the other side and we were out of our end and then I thought offensively we did a lot of good things we held on the pucks and made plays and I think we had like 12 scoring chances in the second period you know like point blankers and you know their goalie played real well and when we needed a save I thought uh, you know Cones did a real good job for us. Starting Wednesday in Bakersfield, the Barracuda will begin a three-game road trip. We'll get a scouting report on the Condors as Jay Woodcroft, former Sharks assistant coach and now head coach of the Oilers' top affiliate, will join us. Sharks jerseys and merchandise, hockey gear, and more. SJTeamShop.com has you covered. SJTeamShop.com offers a wide variety of Sharks and Barracuda apparel and merchandise, including the largest selection of Sharks authentic and replica jerseys. Plus, you'll find exclusive designs from the Sharks, SJ Sharky items, game-used items, hockey and figure skating equipment, and tons more. Visit SJTeamShop.com to shop today. The future of car buying is here. Hey, it's Shondell Grant of the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Oak Tree Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. And I'm proud to present No Brainer Checkout. Shop online, buy online. Get loan pre-approval. Customize your payments from start to finish. The entire car buying process is all online. No brainer checkout exclusively from the Bay Area DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We've all been there. You're not feeling so hot and you want to see your doctor, but you're not so sure you can even get out of bed. Kaiser Permanente gives you care your way. So if you want to see your doctor in person, we can do that. But if getting in the car is the last thing you want to do, that's okay. Just schedule a video visit. Kaiser Permanente gives you high-quality care in person, online, or over the phone so you can thrive. Learn more at kp.org. Appointments is available and appropriate. We welcome in the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, Jay Woodcroft. Jay, first of all, thank you very much for the time. Your club back-to-back -back victories after a little bit of a slow start what's starting to crystallize for your group and what's starting to work for you guys as you're, you're trying to find a little bit of a, a stride here in the early going of this season yeah well first of all nick thanks for having me on it's always uh fun to talk to old friends in an organization where i worked for seven years so uh, it's my pleasure to do this um in terms of our start here in bakersfield it's interesting um 
we didn't have the results that we wanted to early on yet. Uh, we were quite happy with a lot of parts of our game. And a uh, big thing for us here in Bakersfield is to um, concentrate on our process, uh, concentrate on our details and uh, challenge our group to get better on a day-by-day -day basis. And uh, we think when you do that, that results uh, take care of themselves. And I think if you, if you looked at the underlying numbers of the games that, that we played, we felt we outshot, outchanced, outfaced off most teams, uh, but we're finding ways to not win. And uh, eventually, you know, if you continue with that process and you clean up a few things along the way, that uh, you keep playing the game the right way, that uh, those things even out. And uh, we had a real good weekend against the two teams that, that were undefeated that we had played earlier in the season. And uh, we found a way to win those games this past weekend. And we uh, were looking to build on it. Uh, we had a good week of practice here in Bakersfield, and we know we're going to get tested against a uh, strong group with the Barracuda. Stuart Skinner, a guy now entering his third professional season. He's been down in the ECHL. He's played games last year almost the whole season with you guys, 41 to be exact, with the Condors. This year gets his first taste at the NHL level, picks up his first National Hockey League win. You're seeing a goaltender you know, continue along his developmental path. But have you noticed him as a more confident, more self-assured player now in year number three? Yeah, I think so. I, I think um, he's a mature individual. Uh, um, he's had good experience at the junior level, bringing a team all the way to the Memorial Cup in um, Canadian Major Junior. Uh, I think his first year professional was a learning experience for him. Uh, was kind of up and down um, with us in our East Coast League team in Wichita. But, you know, I felt I always felt good about him because of his natural skill set, his size, his athleticism. In fact, in that first year, um, I played him three times in the second round series against San Diego uh, at the most critical time of the year. So I felt good about Stewart and always have. I thought last year he established himself as a number one goalie in the American Hockey League, and it didn't always go smooth. Uh, there was lots of growth opportunities for him. Uh, this past summer, um, he's gotten married. Um, he spent a good year in Edmonton training with the, the staff up there. And, uh, you know, due to things beyond his control and opportunities that opened up at the NHL level, including losing a goaltender on waivers, um, and, uh, you know, a goaltender getting hurt up there, he found himself getting in some NHL action. He found a way to win a game at the highest uh, level uh, there is in, in, in the hockey world. So, you know, those are confidence boosters for him as he works his way into um, a real important year in his personal development. He was not with us um, in our first three games of the season. Uh, which is just, um, you know, we deal with different things than the San Jose organization does because our players, when they get called up or sent down, they, they have, um, they have uh, an international border that they have to, to cross and there's quarantines and all these types of rules. So he came down, he had to sit in a hotel room for a long time before he could even go back on the ice. So he didn't uh, play in our first three games, but in the last last few that he has, he's been excellent. Gives us a chance to win, and uh, I think has a bright future as a potential NHL goaltender. That leads actually into my next question. You saw Stockton go up to Calgary and decide to play in that Canadian division. 
Bakersfield and the Oilers, Ken Holland elected to keep things status quo, keep the group in California. Why do you think that was that final decision was made uh, to keep the team in the Pacific division and keep things how they've been for the last handful of years? Well, that's a good question. Probably a good question for Ken. Um, but if I had to surmise, I would say um, that, you know, the, this hockey team here in Bakersfield is woven into the fabric of the community. Um, it's the only professional sport in town. Um, I think our team reflects um, our community and that we're striving to be blue collar. We're striving to be value-based. We're striving to stick to our first principles. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities between having worked in both places. Uh, there's a lot of similarities between Edmonton as a city that's based on oil and agriculture and Bakersfield is a city that's based on oil and agriculture. So I think just in terms of continuity and the fact that um, in Edmonton, they're using the full extent of uh, their roster capabilities with 23 people on the roster and six more on a taxi squad that allows them to weather any potential injuries. And um, it allows us to stay in Bakersfield and continue to be important for this city down here. And I can tell you that the enthusiasm around the town is still quite high. Um, you know, people want to talk hockey, they're watching hockey. And, um, you know, we're proud to represent them. And, you know, since our staff came in a few years ago, uh, that's been a goal of ours is that we wanted this community to be proud of the team that we were icing. You are in a Southern California market. You've got two NHL clubs in that area. You've got two American League clubs as well who represent their NHL teams. You've been here for a handful of years now in Bakersfield. Has the community embraced the Oilers as a whole? And do you feel like now here in your number, what it'll be six for the Condors in Bakersfield, do you feel like the fans have become a little bit more educated on, you know, what's going on up in Canada, what's going on with the Oilers. Have they built a fan base down in, in that little pocket of the state of California? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, hockey's been in Bakersfield. I think this is the uh, 22nd or 23rd year. Um, and it's been at different levels. It started in the West Coast Hockey League and then the East Coast Hockey League. They were a proud organization. And uh, this is year six for the organization here in Bakersfield. And, um, you know, what I, th I think the jazz is up our fan base is the high level of hockey at the American Hockey League. Um, the fact that uh, players are on the cusp of NHL careers, um, that the quality of the game being played in the American League is quite high, especially in the Pacific Division. So I think, I think the fans here are excited about that. But what I really, really think they're most proud of as our coaching staff is, is when they get to see the connection between the players that are coming through Bakersfield and seeing them graduate up to the National Hockey League. And if you just think of the last three years since our staff has been in place, I think uh, we just had another player get called up for the first time a few days ago, but that's 10 players in the last two and a half years that have uh, ha earned their first call up to the National Hockey League. 
that's a, that's a, amazing. And they're not all 21 year old first round draft picks. They're, you know, the guy that just went up is a 26 year old pro uh, that went up for the first time. We had uh, someone that we used to call the mayor of uh, Bakersfield, uh, Josh Curry, who started in the East Coast League eventually earned a two-way contract, earned an NHL contract, and then found himself up in the NHL a few years ago. Guys like Joe Gambardella that, um, you know, might not be the, uh, that high-end pedigree, the guy who's 6'5 and skates like the wind, but he's a worker bee that embodies everything that we're about down here. To see those guys give everything they have at this level and then see it translate to them achieving a lifelong dream of getting called up to the NHL. I think that connects with our fan base. Now that said, uh, over the last three years, we've also seen the ascension of four defensemen that are currently on our big clubs, NHL roster. That's amazing. Four young D men have come through the pipe and not all of them are first rounders. Um, and they're finding themselves on an NHL roster. That's amazing. Um, to see Kyler Yamamoto, who struggled in his first two NHL stints, um, get sent to Bakersfield at the start of last season, spend half a year here, and then get called up at the halfway point when the big club was struggling to find himself a point-of-game player in the National Hockey League playing with the, the Hart Trophy winner, that's amazing. And so we're proud of that as a coaching staff. We're proud of that as a development team. And we think when you start uh, having that kind of upward mobility or that push from underneath, it's exciting at the American League level. And it's super exciting for your NHL club and the big clubs reaping uh, the rewards of that. We're talking to Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. You mentioned those young D getting up to the NHL, not all being high draft picks. Well, the Oilers organization goes overseas. They signed Theodore Lindstrom, a defenseman, 26, a little bit older. As we've seen with the Sharks, you go overseas, you get these guys from the SHL. They tend to be intelligent players. They tend to take a little bit of time just to adjust to the North American ice sheet, but then they get used to it, and you see them up in the NHL getting some games. How has he uh, developed so far in your short time with him, with your group, and um, you know what has he provided uh, as a, a steady presence on the blue line? Yeah, well, so Lenstrom's one of those guys that uh, earned his first NHL recall. We were so excited for him. Um, what I saw with him in his short time here, uh, you know, he's been here for just over a month, uh, seven games. I saw a professional player. I saw someone who uh, took pride in his work habits that was uh, had some polish to his game that maybe younger D-men first entering the American League don't have. He had that polish. Um, what he needed to get used to was the physicality, the, um, the dimensions of the, the North American ice sheet where things happen a lot quicker than they do in Europe. And uh, we saw great progress with him uh, in a short amount of time. Now, um, you know, he's probably a lot further along his maturity curve as a player than some of our, our uh, younger draft picks. Um, but he earned this recall on the back of his hard work and on his uh, performances in those seven games. Brad Malone takes over as your captain this season. Um, he was an assistant for you the last couple of years. 
now replacing uh, the former captain, Keegan Lowe, is now in San Diego. What has Brad shown over these last couple of years? A veteran guy at the American League level with NHL experience, but what has he shown uh, that you felt like he, he earned the, the C on his sweater? Well, um, he has a, a larger-than-life personality. He is, um, you know, prof- professional. Uh, he understands that um, the pressures of being a, a highly drafted player, you know, he came up through the Colorado organization and got moved to the Carolina organization. And so he spent time in the NHL with a few different uh, organizations. So he's had to deal with the different types of pressures. And, and you know, he found a way to carve out a, an NHL career of about, of about 200 NHL games. He got the most out of what God gave him and his uh, body type and his skill set. I think he is uh, somebody who sets our competition level. He sets our work ethic level. Um, like I said about his personality, he's a big personality and he pulls people in rather than pushing them out. Uh, he's somebody I feel very comfortable with. I think he's a conduit between the coaching staff and uh, the rest of the players. He takes care of the meeting after the meeting, so to speak. And, um, you know, I just think he's a great example for our younger uh, players and uh, he's done a great job so far. Coach, we can't thank you enough for the time. Really do appreciate it. Looking forward to some of these head-to-head matchups that are always exciting in the AHL-specific division. Best of luck along the way. And, uh, again, thank you for the time. My pleasure, Nick, and a big hi to everybody in uh, in uh, Santa Clara County, all my friends uh, in Santa Clara County. And uh, thanks again for your time. That's going to do it for this episode of CUDA Confidential. Make sure to tune into the game on Wednesday at Bakersfield starting at 5.30 with our pregame coverage. You can listen to the game live at sjbarracuda.com slash listen via the Sharks plus SAP Center app. And as always, you can watch the game on AHL TV. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thanks for listening and so long until next time.